Greetings and welcome to my show, J. Marie Speaks. My name is Jamela Hillary Harris. I am the CEO and owner of J. Marie Inc. LLC. Tonight, we'll start our series one titled Mending the Brokenness. Oftentimes, when we look at things in life, we honestly think of it as being, what should I say, a situation based upon our own thoughts. But what we fail to realize is that many decisions or choices that we make are a direct reflection of something that may have happened to us in our past. I was in a store uh, just a few days ago, and, you know, I encountered a very lovely lady, and, you know, she was telling me about her mom and how she didn't believe that her mom had any trauma. And, you know, everyone has their own definition of what trauma may be. But everyone has experienced it in some shape, form, or fashion. Whether it is mental, spiritual, emotional, physical, you know, it could be any type of trauma. It could have been a traumatic experience. It could have been someone saying something to you. But something happened to you to change your direction or your path in life. And one of the first things that I want everyone to think about is what happened to you? Have you really just stood back, taken all your clothes off, looked at yourself in the mirror, and just really fully embraced every single part of you? Have you ever looked in the mirror and saw the person in the mirror and decided whether or not you truly love that person that you see. We have so many insecurities that we have developed and we think they come from us, but they don't. A lot of our insecurities come from things that people have said or done to us. And they have taken us off the path that God intended us to have and for our purpose. Like I stated in my introduction, this is not necessarily a religious show, but at the same time, I can only speak from my own experiences. And as far as I'm concerned, I believe in God. I'm non-denominational, but I believe in God and I believe in Jesus. And so before you go any further, if you don't believe in God and you don't believe in Jesus, that's fine. You can continue to listen or not listen. But I can only speak based upon my own experiences and in hopes that those experiences will help you find who you are and help you begin to heal. There are several different topics that I can speak from when I'm talking about 
mending the brokenness. But one of the things that I have found to be true throughout my entire life, whether it be my family, my friends, it doesn't matter. But I came up with a phrase or a philosophy that I live by. Your absence empowered God's presence for me. You know, a lot of times people think when they leave your life, oh, that person's going to fall down, you know, and they're thinking you all miserable and, you know, you're not going to make it. But I learned to love me harder than anybody else. I was giving away so much of my love to other people and and had tears and crying, even trying to unite my family together. And because it was a void that I was feeling inside of myself, I had a I had some sort of brokenness that I was trying to mend. And so I just took it upon myself to strip naked, look in the mirror, and tell myself that I love you. I told myself I love every single part of you. And I also took accountability for my choices. I used to be like, I made a mistake, I made a mistake. No, I made a choice. I made a choice. And when I made those choices, they all—they didn't always take me down the best paths. But I survived because I held on to my faith. And even when people threw rocks and stones at me, hurt me bad to my soul, to the point at one point in time that I didn't even want to live. Like, those were dark places in my life. So if I can't do anything but help one person, I hope you really, really think about the things that I discuss on the following topics so that you can heal. One of the things I want to talk about tonight would be courage. Courage, to me, is so big. Because you have to have courage to be able to walk in this life. You've got to be able to stand when no one else stands. And that sometimes is easier said than done. And I just want to make sure that before we even begin this journey, that you have the courage to hold yourself accountable for your life choices and your life decisions. If you are not at that point to say that I have the ability to do something that frightens me or I have the ability to do something to help me overcome my past or my present, 
then this is not the podcast for you. But if you're ready to have the courage to face whatever is coming in your way, then you need to continue to listen so that we can grow together. Courage seems to be such a simple word, but it's not. It's pretty complex because courage, to me, goes hand in hand with accountability. I don't care what anyone says. It's so, sometimes it's so easy to point the finger at other people and you can look at the flaw. Oh, she don't look right. She don't smell right. Her clothes ain't that. Or he, he's not doing this or he's not doing that. It's so easy to point the finger at other people and see the flaws in those people's lives. And yet, you can't look in the mirror to be accountable for your choices and your actions in your own life. There is nobody perfect. Nobody. Jesus was all that we had that was perfection. So it just amazes me many times how people sit back and they judge. And I've had people tell me, oh, because that's my job, I'm supposed to judge. I said, you know, and I tell some people that, you know, they read the Bible and they say, I'm supposed to judge. I'm supposed to hold people accountable. I said, really? Okay. I get it. I know that we're supposed to, I, I know we're supposed to lead people to God's way. I know that we're supposed to show love. But we need to really, really go back and remember that Jesus, during the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, I was looking at it, and it, it was a phrase I was studying. So the phrase is, judge not, lest ye be judged. It's Matthew 7 and 1. And basically... It's telling you right there in God's word. You can't judge anyone. That's not your place. You can show them the way. But it's not your place to condemn them. See, I like to come start out with this situation. And, you know, I was a person that was church hurt. Oh, I was church hurt. So bad. I remember, and I'm going to be perfectly transparent. I got pregnant when I was 17 years old. You know, I was in my senior year of high school. And the crazy part was, I wasn't a promiscuous girl. I went out, I was, I worked. I went to school. I wound up falling in love. And I promise y'all, on everything, you know, the way that I got pregnant, it was not romantic. It was terrifying. <laughs> it was a very terrifying experience. But 
I was running track in school also and didn't know I was pregnant. And I remember when I found out, I told uh, the father of my children, he was so excited. I was not because I came from a, I come from a very Bible-thumping family. And, you know, for a girl to be pregnant out of wedlock is shameful, you know, especially during that time it was. And so for a minute I hid it, but your, your belly grows. And, you know, I remember feeling lost. I felt ashamed. I felt scared. And instead of people embracing me, I was, when I finally did say what happened to me, I was condemned. I was hurt. And I actually almost aborted my baby because I I felt alone and I felt like I was disgusting to my loved ones. And so I went into the church and I'm not gonna disclose the church or none of that. But I remember it was an Easter Sunday and I remember there was some deacons, two deacons at the church, I forgive them too. But when I went before the church on that Easter morning, my papa was alive, my granny and other people that I love that are no longer here. And I went before the church and I said, I wanted to join the church and I was pregnant. Oh, I was very pregnant, but I felt like I had nowhere else to go but to God because I was terrified. And I'll never forget their words. They said, you need to go home, get yourself cleaned up and get your situation under control and then come back and think about joining the church. I was so ashamed to walk in the church. And I don't know about those that have experienced this or have been 17 and pregnant. But I know at that very moment, I was humiliated. I didn't know what else to do because it was my last hope was to come to God. But one of the things that kept and sustained me was my papa. My papa heard what they said and my grandma and the elders in the church. And y'all, when I tell you they came to my defense like none other. And I miss them all. I really do. I miss them so much. But guys, that broke me. It really did. 
But I decided to keep my baby. <laughs> He'll be 25 years old on, on the 20th. And I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of my son. He's the reason why I became a mother in the first place. And my mother, she was sick. You know, she was had multiple sclerosis. And she's, she's been deceased now uh, for almost 20 years. But that was painful, guys. And I had to find my way back to God. Like, the way that that made me feel, although everybody came to my defense, it kept me away from God in so many ways. It took seven years before a friend of mine, his name, his name was Joseph, he was, we were just friends, but he convinced me to go to church and it was crazy. It was on an Easter morning. And I went to church. And y'all, I was terrified to step inside of the church because I still wore that shame. I honestly, in my mind, thought I was so unworthy of God's love because of someone else that I honestly believed that I step, if I had stepped foot inside of a church, that I would catch on fire because of what someone in the church did to me or I allowed them, I believe their words. Although you have things and people that's acceptable, I never ever wanted to bring shame to my family. But I had to make a choice to keep my baby or to kill it. And I kept my baby. I kept my beautiful boy. Did I go through hell? Keeping my son? Did I have people talk about me? Did I have people drag my name through the mud? Did I have people not try to help me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did I think I was unworthy? Absolutely. And then after that, same man. We had a second child, and then we had a third. And my grandma said, you got to get married. Male, you got to get married. I didn't intend to have any kids, but they kept coming. And I had birth control and practice safe sex, all of that. But it kept coming. And although me and their father didn't work out, my kids are and were my, my responsibility. And I wouldn't change anything 
about them. They are not perfect, but all three of them are mine. All three of my babies are mine. But I said all of that to say I had to have courage. I had to have courage to, first of all, get on here and be real with y'all and tell my story. And I'm not telling my story because I just feel like, oh, my goodness, let me get out here and make money. No, I'm telling my story because I know that there's a 17-year-old girl out there pregnant somewhere that's afraid to tell her family. She's a good girl. She did just like you. She fell in love. Only difference is you didn't get caught. And I'm sorry, y'all. Birth control don't always work. And in my case, because I had a Bible-thumping family, you know, nobody wanted to put you on birth control because it was like it's going to encourage you to have sex. Mm, the logic. Some girls were younger than me. They got pregnant. And a lot of us have adult children and we're in our 40s and we look good. So salute to you queens that decided to keep your babies. And for all of you that didn't, my prayers are with you. Because I know you're still thinking about that baby. But I just want y'all to know you're not by yourself. You're not alone. But the first step the first step to making change in your life and mending the brokenness is to have the courage, the courage to take a look at that person in the mirror. Hold that person accountable for the choice and for the for choices and decisions. And then finding a way. To forgive yourself so you can learn to love yourself again. We're going to talk about many things, guys. But I had to open up with that so that you can understand where I'm coming from with men in the brokenness. Because I have had plenty of things that I had to mend the brokenness from. And situations but you forgive others, not because they deserve it, but to set yourself free. If you don't forgive others, you allow them to become the masters of your life. The forgiveness is not for them. It is for you. Because if you don't forgive them, every decision that you make will be built upon the foundation of unforgiveness and that trauma that hurts you. I do not want you to live the rest of your life under the bondage of what someone has said or done to you. And hopefully, my podcast will let you know that you've got someone that knows what you're going through, has survived what you're going through, and letting you know 
that you're not alone. And you are worthy and you are enough. So, guys, I'm going to leave the first session of the first season with that. I want you guys to think about something. I want you to wake up smiling. Amaze yourself. Take chances. Be optimistic. Embrace change. Be bold. Amaze yourself. Take chances. Live your life with abandon. This is your time. You only live once. Don't let someone else decide the rest of your life for you. I am holding out my hand, ready to help you on your journey. If you're taking my hand, then you'll be ready to listen to session two of season one of Mending the Brokenness. All right, guys, this wasn't a a perfect podcast because it comes with feelings and emotion because I'm a very real person. I've gone through some real stuff. But one thing I do know is that I've held on to my faith. And God is ahead of my life. And if you're looking for somebody perfect, huh? I am God's perfect and perfect creation, and he still loves me. I will never, ever try to tell someone that my life is perfect, because it's not. I ain't the richest person in the world either. But I love hard. And I love you. And if you have a spark, I want to help you turn that spark into a flame. Because you are enough. All right, everybody. Until next time. I am your host, Jay Marie. This is my show, Jay Marie Speaks. And I'll say, have a good night. And I'll see you all soon.